Welcome to the Backstage with the Simple Church podcast. My name is Evan Samanko, co-host with Scott Odom, who is not here today. He is boo. doing good in Juarez, Mexico. We can't boo that, Jordan. He's out there helping Yay. the folks there. We have a great group doing good in Juarez. Thank you to everybody that donated stuff that's been a part of that. And we are excited to be back for the new year. We have a special guest, Andy Bond, here with us. Jordan, you helped find Andy because... Andy is my counselor. You brought your own counselor on to talk. That's, that's a little risky. Oh, man, that's all good. No, he was great. We really enjoyed talking with Andy, and he is going to help talk about starting the year with no regrets. And we actually had two parts with Andy. So the first part you're going to hear is really more just general counseling people like Jordan who need help. Mm. Me too. I'm a counseling too. We're big fans around mm. here. We want you to get involved and take those steps to start 2023 with no regrets. So we're going to start something new in the new year, Jordan. We're going to tease him a little bit because you're going to hear more great stuff like this clip from Andy. Yeah. I would um, want to know... Um, kind of what what led up to the situation that they're regretting what's the relationship like Mm. you know and the thing about regret and especially when it comes to relationships the 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 ability to get rid of the shame and and not have those regrets a lot of that has to do with the level of health with the person that you're in relationship with So stick around for this full interview with Andy. It is great. And then next week we'll have part two as we dive more into the Enneagram. You're going to hear him tease it a couple times coming up. It is a great tool and resource, and we would love for you to find out more about that. So make sure you subscribe each week. Get our Wednesday episode of the Backstage with the Simple Church podcast. And now let's jump in talking with Andy. All right, we're here with Andy Bond, professional counselor. You got all your letters, Andy. I know counselors, there's a bunch of letters a lot of times. Dude, believe it or not, I don't have a lot of letters. Not a lot of letters, um, okay. I'm a certified pastoral counselor. Nice. Um, I'm a PSAP, which is a pastoral sexual addiction professional. All right. Uh, and then I do the Enneagram, so I don't have all the There's no the Enneagram letters, letters, huh? There's no Enneagram letters, We need letters, to work man. on that. We need somebody to get that. I know. It would be great, man. More people need to know about this thing. Absolutely. So Andy Bond is a counselor with Clint Davis Counseling. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your family. How long have you been a counselor and kind of what got you into counseling? Sure. Yes, I've been a counselor for two and a half years now. Uh, what got me into it was the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Um, so going back to 2018, I went through a really difficult season in my life and I sought out counseling for the first time in my life and it was life changing. And I saw my counselor for about a year and a half every Wednesday in the morning time at 8 a.m. actually. And man, it was just it changed everything. You know, he was a, a wonderful counselor. I'll go ahead and shout him out. His name's Roth, Ross Githens. He's my counselor. Uh, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm a fan. Ross is, is, was wonderful. And it was in that season that I actually surrendered my life to Christ. Hmm. Uh, I grew up in church, uh, was baptized when I was nine, uh, was there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, but I didn't actually meet Jesus until I was 35. So uh, that's kind of my story as far as what led me into to wanting to be a counselor because at that time i was working construction and and it was on a february in my old construction office that the holy spirit was like you're going to counsel mm. and so i had gone uh i went to school at northwestern state university uh and then i kind of jokingly tell people i went to school there but i didn't actually go to class <laughs> sure. so I, I spent a lot of times in in places i shouldn't be um and so I had re-enrolled at Colorado Christian University to finish my bachelor's, which I think I'm like 13 hours away from. Okay. And then I was going to finish that and then go to get my master's in counseling. And I actually went to lunch with Ross because I was trying to figure out, is there a way that I can work in the counseling 
sector without actually being a counselor, whether it's admini- uh, in uh, office administration or whatever. And he goes, dude, you don't have to have your master's to, to be a counselor. And I, it was just like a God moment. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, there's this organization called the National Christian Counselors Association that you can go to and you can get certi- your online certification. Now, I'm very limited on my scope as far as, you know, I don't do deep trauma work and uh, there, there's a lot of things that I can't do. But, uh, you know, where God has called me is to counsel people from a biblical perspective um, with you know, my, my own life experience and then whatever the Holy Spirit kind of lays on my heart in those moments. So that was kind of my journey. Um, I've been married for 15 and a half years to the most wonderful woman ever. She put up with me for the over a decade, you know, <laughs> BC Andy and, and uh, was, I was rough, man. It, yeah. it, it was rough and I, I was lost and didn't know it, um, but she stuck with me. I have three kids. My oldest son is 14, or my oldest child is 14. He's a boy. Uh, then I, his oldest, my his middle, my middle child is Avery. She's 13, and then our youngest is Allie. She's eight, and so we stay pretty busy. Yeah, but, and those yeah. teenage years, man. Oh my goodness. Yes, Jesus help me. Help all of <laughs> Absolutely. Us. And you're a little bit down the road from us. Producer Jordan Phillips here on the mic over there. And Jordan, Yo. you're the connection to Andy because Andy is your counselor. Yep. So, Andy, we're going to talk about Jordan a little bit. We're going to have you rank on how horrible from one to ten he is as a client. Perfect. Getting yes. some of his personal stuff. Yeah, so he uh, he signed off on all this. He's fine with it. Good, that. good. That's all right. No, I, but, I trust there's, there's no HIPAA violations. That's right. No, it's fine. It's fine. Just between yes. friends. But, Jordan, talk about as a guy, I think it's a little bit more rare for you as an adult to start counseling unfortunately most people kind of have a boundary to that and did it so what got you to start counseling and what did you find when you met andy and kind of got started going with uh him? i was just in a in a place in life where it's just one of those things where it's like what am i doing here where am i going what's going on and and it just was you know i went to chip one day and was like dude i gotta i gotta talk to somebody about some stuff and so and it wasn't anything like majorly trauma but it was just a lot of stuff going on and it just felt felt compelled to go and talk to somebody that was just unbiased and could give you the honest truth about it and andy really has done that for me um he's been great and so uh yeah i mean we meet like once a month now Mm -hmm. which is uh great so just to check in right yeah it's just somebody else yeah it's just a check-in because you know there's things that go on that it's like and I have to write them down, actually. But there's things that go on that I'm like, man, I want to talk to Andy about this whenever I go see him in three weeks from now. Yeah. Just to get somebody another perspective on what's going on. And like I said, more than anything, is like an unbiased opinion. Right. An outside so, third party that's right. not connected to the thing. And absolutely so. I see Ross. been seeing him for a couple years. I saw Haseem for a little bit before there at Clint Davis. Yes. And we're big fans of Clint Davis Counseling. We appreciate them. And we actually partner with them as a church to refer people to go mm-hmm. because we don't have professional Christian counselors on Simple Church staff. So that is a gift to people in the Simple Church. We've talked about it on here multiple times. We'll link to a couple past episodes. We've had Clint on. We've had Perry Reed, who's another counselor that used yep. to work there. And we honestly just believe in counseling. We believe yes. that it is a tool to help people to move where you're at. And the series we're in right now is called No Regrets. Have yeah. you seen where the Millers is the movie where he has the tattoo? No regrets, right? No regrets. <laughs> that's right. Andy knows. Oh man. Andy knows. You know what I'm up. saying? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You're really aggressive right now. 
Love <laughs> he that got movie, it. Man. Nailed it. Yes. So we got a joke and spin it oh. off that. Or actually, I don't even know if you know this. This week, I've been working with a tattoo removal place in town, and we're going to ask people in Simple Church to send in if they have a tattoo they want removed, and we're going to pay for it. So we're going to yes, do free tattoo removal awesome. of your regrets. So if you got one, send me an email, Evan at the Simple Church. Yeah, I don't go to the Simple Church, but I had one. I got turned 18 years old, and me and some of my uh, college buddies decided we were going to go get Chinese symbols nice. on our arms. Um, have no idea what it actually meant. Yeah. Oh. And so I went the cover-up option. Um, and so it's, it's, it's hidden amid something on my arm, but yeah. Did you ever find out what it really said? No, I never found out what it really said. So I went to high school with a guy, New York, on a senior trip, decided impromptu to get one, and he thought it said courage, and it was actually female ghost. Yes. Like that's whatever the symbol is, the wrong symbol. So he oh asked somebody Lord. else yeah. that spoke. And yeah, that's not the smartest thing yeah. in the world. Dude, it was literally, it was in Natchitoches, <laughs> Louisiana. And it was a, a single wide trailer that like had dogs running around <laughs> and such an unsanitary environment. <laughs> I think maybe we had, you know, hung out with Willie and Nelson before we went in there. Oh, it was just yeah, a terrible absolutely. thing. Yeah, it and so and my mom cried and oh. cried like like sobbing whenever she saw my Chinese symbol. Of course I don't think it would have mattered if it had been a portrait of her, she still would have cried. Anything, right. She's yeah. from that old school like if you have a They're tattoo, out there. like yes. For yeah. sure. Yeah, Scott Odom, who's not here today, he's on a mission trip, normally co-host with us. His mother did not speak to him for a month when she found out. And he was an adult. He was in his 30s, I think. Yeah. So it, yeah. it still has some baggage I with it. T- but I turned 18 and was like, I'm going to get a tattoo. My mom was like, whatever. Yeah. She's You're okay. 18, whatever. It's your yeah. body. You <laughs> got to deal with it. Come on home with that barbed wire, man. <laughs> That's right. My grandfather joined the Merchant Marine at 17 and got one in Asia. I can't even remember where it was. And he always would show us whenever we got like talking about it, teenage years. I never wanted one, but my sister kind of did. Yeah. He's like, you will regret it, and you'll have to live with this and look at this old, saggy thing the rest of your life. Yep. And that kind of, that deterred me. I was oh, yeah. doing that, but yeah. <laughs> tattoos, no regrets. No, we no, no help regrets. You. No regrets, but for you as a counselor, Jordan is a great example. So for me, same thing, seeing Ross, I go every couple, probably four to five weeks and mm-hmm. just check in. It's a great thing. We believe in it. But for you, as somebody that didn't really go to counseling for a long period of time before you became a counselor, what was your thoughts going in of, did you kind of have stigma? Did you have baggage with it, or you completely embrace mm-hmm. it in 2018 when you kind of started you know, I was at such a low point that I was willing to do anything mm-hmm. to make the pain stop. Yeah. You know, I went through a season that um, I started having panic attacks out of nowhere. Uh, and prior to my, my time as a counselor in construction, I was a Shreveport firefighter for just shy of nine years. It was like eight months and or not. It was like eight years and 11 months. And um, I remember we used to make runs on people that would be having anxiety attacks and I was very, very calloused, man. I mean, I was just like, suck it up. You're fine. You're not in danger. And then on August 5th, 2018, on the Cross Lake Bridge, headed eastbound, um, I was humbled, to say the least. And so I did not know what was going on. I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. You, if For anyone who has had them, you can understand it. If you haven't, I hope you never do, but you feel like you're dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife ended up rushing me to the emergency room, and and we did that kind of cat and mouse game for quite some time, where I would get that panic attack, and uh, I have a good a bunch of good buddies who are uh, firemen in Caddo Fire District One, and I'd run down there, and they'd put me on the monitor, and they'd be like, "Andy, you're good, bro." And so I went to the doctor, and they were like, "Hey, you know, you're struggling with anxiety and depression," and I was like, "I don't believe it. That can't affect me. I'm too tough for that." And had a very um, toxic masculinity is something that I struggled Mm. with and um, so whenever I made my appointment to go see Ross uh, my wife had actually done her research and I knew that I needed to start talking to somebody but I wasn't sure how to go about it and 
um, she found Ross via our cousin Trey McGuire. Yeah, um, I know Trey. And so th- he had posted a picture in June of him and Ross ran into each other at Silver Dollar City. <laughs> and so it was kind of like a God thing because there's a whole lot of, of wonderful counselors in the Shreveport Bozier area and um, the Holy Spirit saw fit to place me with Ross and, and, and his care during that season. So going into it, uh, I didn't really know what to expect because uh, I've always been an open book. I don't have a problem sharing my story again as I know we're going to get into the Enneagram later, but as an eight, you don't usually have to wonder where you stand with us. We're going to let you know. So uh, I've always been open to share, but you know, going into counseling, I had really no expectation other than like, I'm hurting, I'm in pain, I need some help. And, you know, even when I first saw Ross, like, at that time, I was not a disciple. I hadn't surrendered my life to Christ. And, yeah. and even after surrendering my life, like, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, as, <laughs> you know, all three of us in this room and most people listening would probably agree with. So, absolutely. Uh, but I, I had a, a lot of regret. Uh, and, you know, one of the things about regret is it, it comes with shame. Hmm. You know, the things that we've done that we wish we could take back, which is ultimately kind of my my definition of regret i don't know what miriam webster says but that's good it's something that i wish i could take back i wish i could undo it and where i'm at now in january of 2023 i realized that taking any of it back um would would take away from my story and what god's doing uh through me and in me in this season so uh, i think when i have people that it, whether it's friends family clients that are struggling with regret um we really have to look at the shame factor because it really they they kind of go hand in hand and until you can kind of uh be relieved of that shame and kind of separate it um it's going to continue to take its toll on you yeah the shame's a powerful thing for sure it mm-hmm. affects a lot of people so as you've kind of gotten into the counseling space and you've been a counselor do you feel like most people come to you when they are at that low point when they're ready and receptive does it take a little while to break through if somebody's listening to this has never been to counseling is maybe kind of not ready to start or is not sure about it what would you say to somebody that's a little reluctant and how does that go when they come to your office and would meet with you sure and so uh, I've had many one and dones yeah. is what we call them, where they come in and, uh, you know, the sessions are 50 minutes long and there's only so much you can uncover in that fi- first 50 minutes, but they can come in and, and they are the ones that have to determine how, how ready they are. And so I can say that, you know, the Holy Spirit um, guides my sessions and, um I can discern whether or not people have a receptive spirit Hmm. because if someone doesn't have a receptive spirit, so if it's a husband that's coming in because his wife caught him looking at pornography uh, and he's coming in there to shut her up, Hmm. uh, he does not have a receptive spirit. And we get some of those. We get uh, people who come in because their spouses are upset with them or or their parents or or whatever the case is. So um, it it takes – to me, of uh, 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 being at maybe your lowest point, which was the case for me, which not to get off on a tangent here, but it, it's kind of similar to me to like addiction. Mm. You know, people who continue to struggle with the same addiction over and over and over and over. Uh, I use one of the examples I use in session is like drinking and driving. You know, there's some people who drink 
and they drink and drive and they get pulled over by a cop and maybe get uh, someone to come pick them up off the side of the road. They don't get a DUI. They don't go to jail. And that gets them straight, right? They, they, have, they have had an encounter that made them sick to their stomach and they're like, I can't drink and drive again. There's too much on the line. And then you have some people that have three and four DUIs. And so I feel like in that situation, those people, it just hasn't cost them enough. Hmm. And so until it costs you something you weren't willing to pay, uh, for most people, especially myself, like I, I wasn't willing to give those things up until I was at a spot where I was at rock bottom with, you know, planning out my suicide, trying to figure out how I could kill myself and make sure my family got the life insurance money because I wanted to make sure they were taken care of. And so it's, I was ready. And I think looking back now, I could see that I was being prepared for it. And so I guess to kind of answer the question, man, people from all walks of life come and sit down in our offices or any other counseling office. And um, I've had some that came in once or twice and they kind of ghosted me. And then a few months later or even a year later, they would reach back out and say, hey, I I think I'm ready now, which is great because there's nothing worse as a counselor than having someone in your office who does not want to be there. <laughs> That's an unpleasant hour, I'm sure. Oh, man. It, it, I mean, it, it turns into a staring contest. <laughs> and finally, sometimes I'll just look at him and say, hey, like, if you got nothing else, man, we, we could wrap up, especially if it's, you know, uh, again, I'm not picking on the husbands a lot, but uh, I find that female clients have more receptive spirits across the board hmm. uh, because of referencing earlier that toxic masculinity there's still a stigma around counseling for for sure people in general but especially for men and hopefully um, with guys like us who all three have received counseling and have benefited from it um, and that 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 will start to change normalize it absolutely and i could speak i know jordan's wife tyler my wife mallory definitely the better halves for sure yeah ain't no doubt so helping us along along the way i was a youth pastor for 11 years here at simple church yeah teenagers one thing that we would say over and over and really was passion me is we want to help you to learn now to avoid having to learn the hard way yes try to get that at a younger age and help that do you see adolescent clients do you have something i I will see teen boys okay um depending on kind of what they come in with you know because if if it's something that's out of my scope whether it's you know abuse and trauma no, but if it's just, you know, parents will reach out because uh, seeing like my kids being in that age, 14 and 13, right. the their, their, their circle, you know, their parents know that I'm a counselor and uh, I won't see the the children of people that I know. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, if, if it's an acquaintance or somebody I don't, I will. And, you know, I find that a lot of the teen boys that I see, because I don't see teenage girls because I don't want any part of that. I'm living <laughs> with one in my home. Um, they just need a space to talk. Yeah. You know, and, and parents, you know, I, I kind of want to talk to y'all for a minute. You know, if, if your child in general is struggling, but I'm going to be more specific when it comes to, to teens. If your teenager is struggling and you bring them to a counselor and, and you expect the counselor to be able to uh, fix them, I guess is the the phrase I would use. Like that's not possible because I challenge my parents if they when they bring their teen sons to me, like they come in because children are a product of their environment. You know, it's wh- what are they seeing? What are mom and dad doing? If if what mom and dad are doing isn't lining up with their what the teen is being asked to do, man, that that hypocrisy turns them away and it drives a wedge in the relationship. So because uh, I kind of. 
I grew up in the mindset and, and for the first 11 years of being a father um, were, you know, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> and that's how a lot of parents still act. You know, oh, yeah. if why am I going to watch something on TV that I, I won't allow my children to watch? Hmm. You know, what good comes from that? And so when I have my teen clients come in, a lot of them have issues with their parents because their parents are telling them not to yell or get angry, yet mom and dad are having it out because whatever the reason is. So Learned behavior, I, right? Yes, yeah. and I'm, I'm very – I've had some parents not want their kids to see me because <laughs> parents are as responsible for their – teens getting better as the teenager is absolutely and that's that's hard perry long standing joke we've had her on a couple times is perry every time you come we ask you questions about kids and you turn back on be being a parent yes like that's a lot harder i don't want to work on my stuff i just want you to work on the kids absolutely here, <laughs> andy, not, andy they're here perry they're here just fix them exactly no, nah, it doesn't work Outsource that way. Outsource it. That's mm. right. So yep. well, that's a good word. And I know something that, as a youth pastor a lot, was parents. It seemed like the good involved parents, not good, maybe that's not a nice word. The parents that were concerned, typically, that would come to me, that would want to meet with the youth pastor, talk about their kids, they were observing behavior in their kids. They're anxious. They're worried. And anxiety is a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to decide, okay, what do I do? How do I know if my daughter is hurting herself mm-hmm. how do i know if my son is looking at pornography is trying to do these things yep. and they want to figure it out but it's tough i mean it is not easy as a parent of mm-hmm. knowing where that boundary is and do they need to be in counseling and you see a professional christian counselor and do yep. these different things so maybe as a parent just to speak to that real quick what are some signs of something that if you're listening to this you have kids you're maybe worried about or they're their personality changing not the same what is something that is something you would think that you would refer them to go see a counselor sure um i think that one when it comes to attitude yeah um there you know the saying is well they're just teenagers teenagers all have attitudes no they don't um a lot of times with if if your child is withdrawn from you and again we're going to talk about the enneagram later uh because our personality types do have a lot to um it it has a lot to do with how we interact with people but if you've noticed that your kid's withdrawn, because we're all entitled to a bad day sure. or a few bad days. Jordan's had a couple. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heaven we all. And so being able to, uh, n- one, you have to be paying attention to your children. Mm. Because if you're not paying attention to what their behaviors are, what their patterns are, you know, patterns are what lead to problems. Problems aren't the problem. It's what you were doing that led up to it, right? Mm. And so acknowledging your children and their feelings, you know, because one of the things that the Holy Spirit uh, really revealed to me that helps me be a parent and, and also counsel teenage boys is, you know, they're they're little human beings, <laughs> you know, like... They don't act like it sometimes. They don't act like it, <laughs> but they're humans and they have feelings and they have emotions. And I see so many parents that invalidate their children um, based off of how they were raised, which is how generational curses come about. You know, well, this is how my mom and dad did it. So this is how we're going to do it. And so, again, back to the original question, because I, I tend to go down rabbit trails. Y'all sure. might have to rein me back in. But um, if you notice your kids being more distant, if you notice that if they do have siblings, that maybe there's a little more friction than there usually is. Um, I, I notice in my kids because my oldest son is a, a type seven, uh, which we'll get to all this yep. later. So you'll have to listen to both, you know, no cheating. People. Little tease. Um, 
but I know his personality type. My middle daughter's a three and my youngest daughter's a two. And so um, knowing what I do about the Enneagram, I can see these behaviors and, and they're acting out of character. Hmm. And so with, especially with teen boys, parents, I cannot tell you enough, or, or not just parents, uh, grandparents, anyone who's involved in raising teenagers, but specifically teenage boys, if there's a struggle with anxiety and depression, um, chances are there, there there's a very good possibility that there is some some pornography use taking place mm. because it is a big time contributor to anxiety and depression that most people don't like to, to think or talk about oh yeah we're pretending put yes. on the blinders and not worry about it absolutely and and so just notice your kids patterns yeah you know if they come home and, and give them grace you know if they have a bad day or a string of bad days that's okay know one of the best things that one of the best pieces of advice i was ever given actually didn't come from a counselor it came from my family physician and i went in uh back when i was trying to figure out if i was going to be on medication or not and this was back in 2018 in my difficult season and she looked at me and she said andy who told you every day was supposed to be an a plus and man it stuck with me i haven't forgotten that because man it's okay if we have a c day a D day or even heaven forbid a F day, you know, <laughs> it's, it's life. It happens. But watching your kids patterns are, are one of the things that we can um, do to help figure out, okay, Chris is not acting right. We, we need to get him to see somebody. And it actually, you know, again, sorry, parents, I'm coming for you. Um, <laughs> if you're not vulnerable and transparent with your children, how can you expect them to be vulnerable and transparent with you or if you take them to any counselor on the face of the planet? Like it's not going to happen. Mm. And so it does fall back on the parents is I can't ex- ex- expect my son or my daughters to go and talk to a complete stranger initially about their feelings when I'm not expressing my Modeling feelings behavior. Yeah, for my kids. For sure. Always back to the parents. It's Always tough. back to the parents. Tag team them, Perry. We'll get them. That's right. But I, one thing we like to say when we're student ministry is you need to become a student of your student mm-hmm. and that you study and learn what they're into, their interests. You try to do these things with them. And then when those change dramatically, yep. when they're all of a sudden withdrawn, like you said, is a great word watching that. So that's just a side note to parents that kind of yes. went down that rabbit trail to that for sure. But going back to no regrets. So let's hypothetically say somebody walks in your office, a new client. We're going to give them free advice today. If you're listening to this podcast, right. you're dealing with regret. You've got this thing. Let's pick whatever it is. You had a DUI. You've gone and got a divorce. You've gone through something difficult in your life you regret. What would be just the initial conversation of what you would say to somebody about regret? Yeah, I would um, want to know um, kind of what what led up to the situation that they're regretting. What's the relationship like? Mm. You know, and the thing about regret and especially when it comes to relationships the 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 ability to get rid of the shame and and not have those regrets a lot of that has to do with the level of health with the person that you're in relationship with and so if the things that i i do regret in my life that i can look back now and say man that was really unhealthy i really caused a lot of pain in my wife if she continues to bring those things up it's going to continue to make me regret whatever it was Hmm. and so back to this this hypothetical client is figuring out how regret manifests in them 
You know, does it make you sad? Does it make you angry? You know, what are the behaviors? What, what do you do when, when you have that sense of regret? Does it make you want to shut down? Does it make you want to scream? And kind of figuring out where they, they feel that regret. Because um, our bodies will, will let us know how our, our emotions are doing. Yeah, the body keeps a score, the body right? body keeps a score. Absolutely. Wonderful book, Trigger Warning. Be very careful listening to it, but it is a great <laughs> book. Uh, and so just figuring out, and, and this is another thing, you know, with the regret, who, who, who's the bar? Like, what, what, is the, what is the standard? Like, so if I regret saying something ugly to somebody, well, that's kind of subjective, Right. Because there's things that I think we may regret that the other person didn't take the way that it went. Because then a lot of times with regret, uh, it comes from someone else making us feel guilty or the guilt that we feel ourselves uh, by doing something that's out of character for us. Yeah. No, that's a great definition. That's absolutely good. And if you are somebody that's dealing with regret, I hope the series is helping you over these next couple of weeks. That's why we're doing this because I think a lot of people do struggle with that. Actually, yes. do your, uh, your daughter, maybe the youngest, watch Bluey. Do you know the cartoon Bluey? Oh, I know Bluey very okay. well. Yep. We love Bluey at our house. And they just we went and saw the live play. We got tickets yes. for our kids for Christmas. And the ending part is the mom is dealing with fighting with her sister, her adult sister. Yep. And the kids are fighting, and it inspires her to call her sister at the end. Yep. It's just this beautiful picture. I love Bluey. Big fan if you have a young kids are doing that of yes. these things that are for the adults yep. that you try to as a parent talk about these things and that's the lens i'm in i know all of us in this room right now are listening keep going back to that but you don't want that for your kids mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't want to live with these regrets but you have to model that behavior it's going back to saying that again and so if you are somebody that's dealing with that regret if you don't deal and work on yourself yes the chances are you're not going to be able to help the person in a relationship if you're single you're trying to find that person if you're uh, married and it's going to affect you to do that and to go through and that's why talking to somebody we yep. think is a really really big deal that you would go and try that in a counselor so thanks for sharing that andy and if you want to go see andy we're going to put contact information yeah, on there i don't know absolutely. if you're taking clients right now how busy you are All Always, man. There's a huge need, and um, you know anyone who would want to come in with a a biblically based approach, mm. which because it's CDC, all of Clint my Davis colleagues, Clinton Davis though, counseling in the uh, yeah, you gotta have. Uh, the, not everybody knows the lingo. <laughs> um, we we all are are Christians, but we're different. We're in different seasons of our walk, sure. right? And and so. For those of you parents who may be considering counseling or those of you who are adults and considering counseling, you know, if you are a disciple of Jesus, do your homework and make sure that that you that that is incorporated into your counseling, because regardless of letters behind anyone's name, the only way to true sustainable healing is through the healing power of Jesus. Amen. That'll preach. Yeah, right. All right. So we're winding on this episode, but we're going to tease them because you're going to be back with part two next week. We're going to keep going and you've dropped the Enneagram a couple times. Yes. If you're somebody that's listened to this, you've never heard of the Enneagram, you've been living under a rock the last couple of years. It is just a tool. It's a resource. It's kind of a personality test, but bigger than that yes. of what it is to help you to give some tools. So Andy, we're going to go more into this next week, but just to finish up today, overall, what is the Enneagram and again, an abbreviated yes. definition and then tell somebody listening why they should tune back in next week to get some more help with the Enneagram. Okay. So to me, the Enneagram is a prevention tool for relational problems. Hmm. And so there's, there's nine personality types. Uh, and with each, when e- within each of those types, there's three subtypes. So it maxes out at 27. 
And if your eyes are already glazing over, it's not as yes. hard as it sounds. No, it's, it's something not. you it's can not. learn and do to help you to yes. learn about this as a tool. Yes. And, and the goal of the Enneagram is to evaluate your lenses that you have on the world. It's not meant to be used as a weapon. It's meant to be used as a tool. And you get out of it what you put into it. Um, but it's something that if I know myself and, and through introspection and, and becoming more self-aware, the Enneagram helped me once I identified my type. And I because I, if you just know your number, um, you might as well not know it at all. Because it's like a BuzzFeed, a BuzzFeed quiz isn't going to change your life of what office character you no. are. It's one of those things that we like to do these and they're kind of fun. And sometimes I think the Enneagram, it gets thrown in pop culture and become more popular of like, hey, if you just you know you're this and yes. here's three things about it. But it really is a lot deeper than that and has spiritual oh, implications. Absolutely. Of ways to help you in your relationships as a mm-hmm. person in your workplace, whatever yes. it is. We're big fans over here. Yeah. And, you know, to kind of wrap up, I know this episode's almost done, but, you know, if there's patterns of people that just irk you all right and and we all people can be really dreadful right oh like yeah i people, work with jordan I know. people yes, go on people <laughs> people are going people um but there there can be patterns like and and so the more we know about our type and the other types there tends to be similarities in the people who just we don't gel well with because the Enneagram is not about what type you are. It's what your level of health is. Hmm. No two types are incompatible. And I know we're going to get to that next next um, episode. But ultimately, anyone can be in a healthy relationship with anyone. If Jesus is the center and we have the, um, the capacity to change and the willingness to change, and the Enneagram is a tool that helps facilitate that, it's kind of like a, an express pass to get to know yourself better and the people that you're potentially going to be in relationship with. Yep. Andy Stanley is somebody we like a lot, and he says to go further faster, right? Yes. That we want to help you at a younger age, if you're listening to this in your 20s, yep. to learn stuff that it took some of us a lot longer to learn. Absolutely. And so, Jordan, I'm going to give you a minute in a sec to talk about Enneagram, what it's meant to you, because for me, I think the biggest thing that it gave, especially my wife, language for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. So early on, fighting, marriage, figuring stuff out, she's a six, I'm a two. So if you know anything about the Enneagram, yeah. I see the best of people, she sees the worst typically absolutely and so the joke at our house became when somebody knocks on the door she thinks they're there to kill her yes. and i'm gonna go and learn their whole life story <laughs> yes and it was a you're gonna serve them attention. exactly exactly i'm gonna help you out let me sharpen it for you but it's something that it was funny now but it wasn't at times of i'd always want people at the house and she mm-hmm. wanted to have more space and we had to talk through these things yes. and it just gives you these chances to talk about it in relationships as a single person it helps you to learn and grow and be ready when you're in a relationship if you want to and your co-workers you can work and be better as a team so Mm -hmm. for me having that language and having the words to talk about is definitely worth listening next week we dive some more into it jordan any thoughts on the enneagram how it's helped you personally yeah i mean with me and my wife she's a two and i'm an eight and so the biggest thing that it's helped us with is like our debates or arguments in that i want to talk about it get it over with and it's done Mm -hmm. where she likes to almost talk in a not talk in a circle but she likes we talk about it to me, to my personality, is like, why are we still talking about this? <laughs> Where she's still processing it. Right. So it's helped the both of us to go for, you know, there's been there's been times where it's helped the both of us to go like, hey, I know you're done with this conversation, but just hear me out one more time. Or oh, in yeah. me go, okay, yeah, I know you're still just trying to process this. So it right. it's helped us out 
big time. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I get to officiate weddings, and we do premarital counseling. And so yep. I tell this story every time I do premarital counseling. We'd been married less than a year. My wife and I got in some argument, can't remember what it is. Wasn't a big deal, but she went to the bedroom in the yeah. back and shut the door. Mm-hmm. And I went open the door. So she went to the bathroom and locked the door, and I unlocked the door because I wanted to keep the conversation going. Yep. And she got so mad, she left her phone and drove off. Yeah. And I really was sitting there in my house thinking, like, she's leaving me. I'm never going to see her again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where she's going. She's done. And it's that thing. It's a two. I wanted to process and doing these things. And mm-hmm. now, 12 years into marriage and figuring that out, it's helped us to know, I trust you that you're going to come back and talk to me when you're ready. Yes. I'm not going to push you to do that. And then she's shown me that she is going to come and talk when she's ready to talk. But I don't have to push it and force it because I don't think we're going to talk about it and go to bed on our anger and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So if that's to sound something that's interesting to you, if you want to learn some more, make you sure that you subscribe to the Simple church podcast today make sure you get next week's episode we're going to come back with part two with andy andy thanks for being on today it's great we're going to talk to you some more here in a little bit yes looking forward to it thank all right you. and thank you jordan who needs scott right yeah right <laughs> with actually just thinking about the team in juarez doing great down in mexico we did miss you scott and he's never going to listen though no, that's fine he that's won't. right but thanks for being a part of today subscribe and follow us on wherever you get your podcast we'll be back next week with more talking with andy